This is In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard. Our weekly visit comes to you from Franklin, Tennessee. It's always a special time here in the studio when guests can join us right here, and that's going to happen a couple of times today. Yeah, when they're willing to come all the way down here or right. all the way over here from <laughs> right. Minneapolis or Colorado or wherever. Uh, later in the second half of the program, we're going to uh, continue and complete our series with Jim Van Eyperen. He's going to have some real practical things for us to get to authentic biblical community. How do we practice true community. And uh, that's one of our values here on this broadcast, Michael. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that conversation coming up in the second half of the program. But as we start today, we welcome back our friends Larry Crabb and Sarah Groves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had an earlier discussion um, about the old way versus the new way and uh, the, lo- the longing for home and all the things that sort of make our hearts resonate as we hunger for God and realize that he's the person that we're really hungry for. We want to continue that discussion uh, today. <laughs> Sarah, welcome back. Thank you. And Larry, good to see you here again today. Great to be here. Uh, Sarah, your two children are over in the control room and we're in this sound <laughs> isolated booth here. Uh, it's like all the, I think real they're life crying. Is, I see their yeah, mouths moving. Yeah, Toby, but. Toby's mouth is wide open and his feet are kicking, I, but I can't hear anything. So I don't know. But don't let that concern you. No. <laughs> I need one of these at home. Or one of these isolation little booths. quiet yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we begin here today, we're going to ask Sarah to, uh, since we're in a music studio here, to yeah. sing a song for us. Sarah, I'm going to tell you, this is my favorite. It is. This is the one that I enjoy hearing you sing the most. Oh, good. This is called Remember Surrender. Mm-hmm. Sarah Groves right here in the studio. i 
touches the heart as very little else does and as you sing that song which I'm just hearing now for the very first time I find a few stories coming to my mind I would imagine some other listeners have listened to that song and had a story or two any particular come to your mind yeah when we were recording the song uh, the players you know they kind of just go and do their part and play and we were recording the song had played it once through and the the guitar player came into the control room and he was crying and mm. he said I remember Sarah I remember and and it was one of those moments mm. where I just got chill bumps because mm. I could see he had a story and he'd been a drug addict and it had self-medicated alcohol and everything and when he became a believer he couldn't sleep uh, without he had have the lights on all the time and uh, he could never sleep without alcohol and all these things and so when he became a believer and had, had gotten rid of all the alcohol and all the drugs, one night he was laying in bed and the lights were still on and God just said, David, turn off the lights. And he got up and he went and turned off the lights and went to sleep. And he said he had mm. his first night of sleep in years. And um, he just said, I remember that. And I just, that was a, a profound moment for me because I'm writing at such a, I'm writing that from a different level, different place, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, to me, that's how the Holy Spirit works through. You know, as a counselor, I listen to a lot of people tell their stories. And um, one, of the, one of the things you learn in grad school and therapy is that you learn, you, you listen to people tell their stories to hear the damage that's been done that can be repaired. I think that's all wet. Mm. I think what you listen to people tell their stories for is to hear what survives. Mm. When you're a Christian, the worst story does not destroy the deepest truth mm-hmm. or the deepest reality. And when you can remember that at your worst moments, you learn surrender and there was a joy, there was a peace. I think about walking to my, to my brother's funeral, walking mm-hmm. to where he was being buried mm-hmm. and following behind mom and dad as they were burying their oldest son. Mm-hmm. And uh, mother began to stumble a bit as she looked at the casket. And dad grabbed her just warmly, gently, and said, remember Izzy. My mother's name was Isabel. Remember Izzy. He's not there. Mm-hmm. And I just had goosebumps. My brother's in heaven. My goodness. And there was a sense of peace and joy that filled me at my brother's funeral. You know, as I, as I listened to you sing that song, Sarah, the image that came to my mind was St. Joe's Hospital six years ago when I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And there was, a, there was an anointing. There was a moment of the spirit where, where I surrendered in a in a rich way, and um, you're getting tears to my eyes here because uh, because the memory of that moment, I had a, an experience of peace 
when I read Paul talk about the peace that passes understanding, I usually scratch my head and say, Sunday maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but that night I laid in bed and there was a perfect peace because I knew what I wanted. I wanted something more than I wanted health. Mm. I wanted to be in the arms of my father. Mm. And if that meant going home, that's fine. If that meant staying here, that's fine. Actually, when I got the news after surgery that uh, there were some questions about the margins that were taken. And uh, when I got the news from a top-level expert that I was fine, and that the cancer seemed to be gone, I actually wept because I couldn't go home. Oh. Hmm. That was wow. the strangest experience. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad to be alive. God has yeah. something for me, and I love being with my wife. I love my grandkids, love my kids. It's great. I think life is fantastic in a lot of ways, but, man, I'd rather be home in some, some yeah. ways. I have, this raises a question for me, if you guys don't mind. How do you, you can't, uh, you can't prematurely move anyone into that understanding that mm-hmm. all I need is, how do you how do you relate with a person who's currently suffering and they want those things they want um uh they can't get pregnant they want that baby they can't uh their child has died or whatever they've diagnosed with cancer and they can't let go of life and what what is the role of of a friend what is the role of a person in that person's life because i think no one can understand what you just said until you understand it until you get there yourself the role is never to fix it's always to join mm. That um, the notion of listening with curiosity to explore is just a crucial thing. We're so quick to fix. We're so quick to assume that we can make something happen. It really is a sovereign movement of the spirit. Um, if, if I if I had um, if the Lord said, Larry, I'm going to give you one more chance to say something, then I'm going to take you home, and I'm going to give you more power than you've ever had. We're glad to get this on tape, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to press the delete button here. I'm not sure. <laughs> But uh, I really do think that if I had one thing to say to the world before I went home and God gave me the power to say it, just to, speaking to people in community, not, not speaking about how to know the Lord as Savior, that, that's pretty fundamental, but, but speaking to Christians in community and interacting with others that are struggling, um, I, I, think, I think what I would say is be curious. Hmm. Be curious. What's it like? I said to this couple that I, I mentioned, I think, in an earlier show, a couple that were holding their nine-month-old baby girl who was going to die. And I looked at them both and I said, tell me what this is like for your marriage. Mm. I didn't know. I wanted to know. I was just curious. I wanted to enter their journey because when you enter the journey at its deepest level, you discover the rhythm of the Holy Spirit Mm. who's doing something. Now, it might take a year, 10, 20 for the rhythm to lead us into an experience of, God, I want to be home. And the Mm. surrender is just so wonderful, the peace that comes from surrender. But but it... uh, I, I would, you know, where I think I fail the most and where I'm failed the most, I don't want to whine here, but where I think I'm failed the most is that sometimes I'll say I'm really struggling and someone will say, sorry about that, can I pray for you? It's like, no, don't pray for me, explore me. Mm-hmm. Be curious, saying, what are you talking about, Larry? Yeah. Because when you get beneath everything, you will find the spirit at work in my heart mm-hmm. and in everybody's heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a fixer comforter. <laughs> and I don't think I'm very helpful mm-hmm. sometimes. Go to graduate school, it become 10 times worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the response that you that you get when you when you uh, when you're willing to explore isn't always a an ex- a response that involves words. I mean, it's it is just being present with people in that experience. I mean, is it not? Michael, you use the word presence a lot. I want to hear why you use that word a lot. Well, I, it's a huge word, but it, tell me what, yeah, what it does for you. He's curious. Uh, yeah, he yeah, really is. I'm being explored here. Uh, I, no, I just want to answer. Sorry. Uh, I'll pray for yeah. you, Michael. Well, you know, I think it, it, it's the sort of thing when you, when you talk about something long enough that has that sort of meaning to you, it's like as the Spirit sort of moves up through you and touches all those 
wounds that you know that are still in there. Okay, side story. Um, did, did a concert not not that long ago in in Colorado, and and Larry came, and as uh, I was playing, I saw him listening to me, and I started crying hmm. because I was being listened to, you know, and and. Uh, Bring that back to say, um, there there are there are places in in all of us wounds or or precondition. I don't know the right terminology, but when you come back to this idea of presence, I think I'm I'm a person that's just been hungry for that. I mean, we're all hungry for yeah. that, and um and and I keep coming in Scripture back to presence being the answer, and I, that that's why the, 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 this wordless thing that can happen. Uh, between uh, two people who 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 come together and uh, listen to each other or walk together, uh, is this sort of analog to what God is? Not I would almost say what He does. Yeah, it really is what being, He being His nature. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's 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 nothing worse than the tragedy of an unobserved life. Oh yeah, wow. That and 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 think of so many Christians sitting in church every Sunday, or in small groups, yeah. or in marriages, or in marriage bedrooms, or with with family at, at Christmas times, who never stop for who one, never stop. Yeah. And as a result, we violate the essential reality of the universe, which is the Trinity. And those three people know each other; mm-hmm. they love each other. They're pouring into each other. The Father is saying, "Look at my Son." The Son saying, "Look at my Father." The Spirit saying, "These guys are incredible." <laughs> I mean, they're just always talking about each other. They know each other. They're thrilled with each other. And um, uh, I'm a little frustrated right now. You know why? I'd love to spend about ten hours getting to know the three of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really would. You know, sir, you're going to leave in just a little bit. And I barely know you. And I just know you through your songs and you already have my heart going toward you. But just to explore your soul and to say that the Spirit's moving in you and the Spirit's moving in Wayne and in Mike and in me. And we could have the kind of fellowship that Trinity has. We're having a taste of it, but we could have a whole lot more. Something Mike, uh, you have said often on the program is that to uh, to love someone is to listen to them. The best way to lo- show someone you love them is to listen to them and, and to be with them in that in that uh, yeah. tone. I think of that often. Wow, I'm so glad that God has put us together in the studio here today, Larry Crabb and Sarah Groves and Michael Card, and uh, I just wonder, you know, we we've chosen a song to ask Sarah to sing for us here, but. We count on the Holy Spirit to kind of put everything together. Yeah. Can you see how the song might fit in right here, Sarah? Well, I was going to say this. There's something elusive about presence that I am constantly, and we talked about it earlier, about the elusiveness of um, a lot. There's a longing for something and in, in, uh, for something higher hmm. and something deeper than just the things of our life. And I've always struggled with that because I, I truly think there are some things that I'll never taste until this life is over. I mean, there I can get comfort from, from friends, from mm-hmm. Mike listening to me and understanding me and being present in my situation, but I have to come, I come to a place at the end of the day where it's just myself. You know, I, I go to bed and I think, um, there's something I won't know until, um, until I am in your presence fully. And, uh, my dad used to always talk about the already and not, and the not yet qualities of the kingdom. And this song is kind of about that, uh, just sort of the elusiveness of, of, um, of that presence, that, mm-hmm. that security or whatever that is. And, uh, the kingdom is in our hearts, but there's an element that's not yet that, um, it's our hope. Mm-hmm. It's what Paul presses towards. He yeah. says, forgetting what's behind, I'll press towards this. And that is that calling and that, that hope in Christ. Yeah. The kingdom's in us, but we're not fully in the kingdom yet. Right, so that's right. the problem. It's a honing device sounding off. And this song is a little bit about that. Again, a longing song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's pause the conversation and listen to Sarah sing this song called This Peace. So many words to say, but 
But I'm opting for silence So many days to live I think I'm sitting this one out There's something I've been chasing Finally stopped to let me catch it Something I've been longing for And dreaming about It's a whisper in my ear It's a shiver It's the gratitude I feel for all that's right It's a mystery appeal that's been granted me tonight This peace Something so Sometimes I barely miss it When I walk into the room The curtains are still swaying And I feel the air move And it whispers in my ear And it shivers up my spine It's the gratitude I feel For all that's right It's a mystery Could it be this deep desire that we're talking about to be known, to be home, to be at the table? Could it be that that, I mean, that desire that brings tears to our eyes when it when the Holy Spirit touches it? Could it be, and this is almost too much to hope for, could it be that that's a fingerprint in us uh, being created in God's image that really tells us more about God? Than, than us. Mm. I mean, are the tears that we experience when we long for home uh, in some sense, are those God's tears? You know, is that close? Well, that's That resonates. I wouldn't have put it that way, but you've put it much yeah. better than I was well, imagining. How would you put it? Put it your way. Oh, no. I, I, Philip Yancey has a new book out called Rumors of Another World. What on Earth is Missing? <laughs> I love the subtitle as well as the title of Rumors of Another World. And I think that when the Spirit touches that desire in our heart, that's a rumor of another world, the, mm. the world of God, God's country. Mm. That um, when, when I listened to you sing that song, Sarah, the word that came to my mind was mystery. I think you used it several times in the song. Mm-hmm. Just the mystery that um, 
that maybe the tear that forms in my own soul lets me know that I'm a lot more than I think I am, mm-hmm. that I actually do bear the image of a trinity that relates in a way that I cannot yet experience. Uh, the other verse that came to my mind was where Paul said, fix your eyes on what you can't see, one of yeah. the strangest verses in the whole Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think what he's saying is you watch the curtain sway, understand that you're seeing a rumor of something that's far better than you ever possibly dreamed. And it's not a place, it's a person, it's, it's, it's God, a God who's loving in a way that when I think about being loved like that, I can't help but cry. But now theologically, we can't say that though. We can, I can't say that God is longing for me or that, right? I mean, I can't say that. God is all sufficient. And I mean, I've got, okay, I mean, you know, go there with me. Cause I know there's somebody listening who's saying, oh, these guys, they're a bunch of heretics. God doesn't need us. God is, God is a, is a, is a God of Trinitarian love. He's the eternal community. And the very nature of love is to pour out. And mm. I believe God's jo- God's joy. Wow. And I, let me get to the real heresy here. That God's joy <laughs> is deepened by his loving me. Hmm. That when God, I think that when, when God, when the three of them got together in Genesis 1 and said, let's make people, mm-hmm. what the dickens were they doing? Let's make people so there can be a holocaust. Let's make people so there can be cancer. Let's mm-hmm. make people so there can be babies that die. No. What he was saying was we're having a party. And it's our nature to invite people to the party. We have nobody to invite. Let's get a guest list. <laughs> let's get some people that we can say, oh, Come up and enjoy us. Mm. We're having the time of our lives. Come join the dance. And we invited them, and they all gave excuses for not coming. They all, and they have some parables about that that yeah. the Lord gave. Yeah. They all said, no, no, and it broke our Father's heart. And he sent Jesus to say, let them know what I'm like. And then Jesus said, it's better if I leave so the Spirit can get inside of your heart and tell you what I'm like. Wow. Mm. I, uh, I think we need to pray. Um, I'm just wondering if we could do it this way. We have a few minutes left here, and uh, we've we've talked about a lot of really important things here, this presence, this longing. I'm just wondering if we can pray conversationally with each other. Um, Feel free to pray a couple of times back and forth if you like. And, Michael, I know that you've got something on your heart right now you want to pray for the person who's listening who who feels that no one is listening to them. That's right. Yeah, I'd be glad to start. Go ahead and start for us. Lord Jesus, um, for the man or the woman or for the the little boy or the little girl who is living in a situation where no one's listening, no one's uh, no one's observing how special they are, and um, no one's no one's observing uh, the the heart that you've placed in them that that uh, that loves and that is overjoyed and that. Uh, I, I know there's so many out there who who have, are who are experiencing that kind of loneliness, loneliness, mm-hmm. uh, a hunger for being listened to. Uh, I pray, I pray for them that even this moment there would there would be the beginning of of a, of a movement in their heart and life that would make them realize that you long to know them, you mm-hmm. long to listen, mm-hmm. that you are ready and excited about hearing the sound of their voice, uh, about finding out. Who, who they are. Uh, you, you know who they are. You know who we are. You know the number of hairs on our head. I know all those um, phrases. But that you are a God who longs to sit in our being and, and, and find out who we are and, and, and be present. So I pray for that person like, right now that they would feel unusually uh, aware of your presence with them probing and, and uh, asking questions and sitting in silence with just who they are, 
In Jesus' name. Lord, help us learn how to listen. Help me learn how to listen. And I confess even right now that I am a fixer, and I've uh, I've blown it so many times when a friend has come to me in need, and they just need me to listen and be present in their situation. And I pray that I would learn this in the deepest part of myself, how Mm. to um, interact and enter into someone's story with them. And to enter into their uh, their pain and, and to walk with them through that and not try to pull them to some conclusions that they can only come to on their own. Mm. And so I ask forgiveness for the many times that I've drugged someone along behind me. And I just pray that you'd help me learn how to be a friend and a, mm. and a companion. Lord, I confess my pragmatism. I am so much more into doing than being. And I want to see things that I do make a difference and uh, figure out how to make it all work. And where my mind goes to the conversation with Brennan, Brennan Manning, that just influenced me so much when he was going away in a silent retreat. And I asked him what he got out of it. Lord, his response was such a word from you when he looked puzzled and said, well, I just figured God likes it when I show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lord, the rebuke that I felt that was certainly not intended by Brennan, but came from you to draw me into a a deeper understanding of what it means to be in your presence and to experience your presence and then to mm. be with another. Mm. Um, God, give me the grace to move more in that direction. Mm. Father, thank you for these friends who have, uh, through their conversation and exploring each other, have um, taught us so many things. Father, I pray now that as we uh, go from this place, as listeners uh, leave and move on to something else at some point. Father, we just pray that we'll take these things with us, that what we've learned here, that we won't let them slip away, but that we'll be drawn closer to you. Uh, Thank you for drawing near to us, that we may draw near to you. Lord, you're incredible. And the person now that's listening to this and is feeling a little cynical, saying, what are these people talking about? Hmm. It's out of my grasp. Father, I feel that way sometimes. You know my struggle with doubt. Thank you that I can come to you with that. Mm -hmm. And you don't sneer you just smile and welcome me home. And I pray that the cynic will find that melting away in your presence, even as we speak. Lord, I thank you for words. I thank you that you've given us tools to help each other out. And I thank you for the gift that you've given Michael Card mm-hmm. and Dr. Larry Crabb and Wayne Shepherd and myself to use words to come to something. And um, I just I thank you for that gift, Lord, that we can talk and communicate and fellowship with each other in uh it means something, or you wouldn't have called your own son the Word. So I thank you that we have tools to kind of pry ourselves out of the spot we're in and understand something new and open open up new ideas in our, in our hearts. Lord, mm. thank you for that. Mm. All these things uh, we offer in that name that uh, we can barely speak sometimes because it, it means so much, but we offer all these prayers in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And... Uh, Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Sarah, for coming and spending some time with us, being present and being open and sharing your hearts. Thank you. Great being here. Well, we need to pause right here as we get ready for the second half of In the Studio with Michael Card. If you're new to this broadcast, then stop by our website and learn more about this program and Michael's music and teaching ministry at michaelcard.com. And if you'd like to hear this complete program again, come to the audio archives on our radio page. And after this break, there's more great music and conversation on the Moody Broadcasting Network. Welcome back into the studio, but... 
just like to hear this music a bit longer. The pipe is a little out of tune. Oh, but what uh, do you pick up on that sort of thing? <laughs> I have a dead ear. I don't hear that kind of thing. Uh, always your uh, worst critic. Huh? Well, I was playing the pipe. That's why I said that. <laughs> uh, appropriately, that's a Celtic tune. Yes. And we're going to explain why we're playing that here in just a few moments. But we have something here now called an e-quest. Mm-hmm. For those who have not heard, an e-quest is when listeners email us a request for you to sing a song here in the studio. So they email their... Re- request. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the e-quest, their request. Okay. Are we quick or what? All right. The uh, studio address here, email address, is in the studio at michaelcard.com. So we call it e-quest. We'd love to hear from more listeners. Here's a note from Ian in Dallas. I believe he lives in Dallas. And he says, dear brothers and sisters, let me start by saying what a wonderful resource in the studio has been for me. I don't get to hear the radio here in the Fort Worth, Dallas area. So I get the CDs. Wow. And they've been a wonderful resource and give me plenty of ideas for discussions during devotion times with the choir at our church. Well, that's kind of fun that to is, think about. It's wonderful to see it applied and used that way. Mm-hmm. Way to go. He has enjoyed your music since Known by the Scars, that album. He says, yes, remember albums? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Michael's delight in the Lord and his musical versatility encouraged me to take up an instrument about six years ago at the ripe old age of 37. <laughs> uh, boo-hoo. <laughs> in order to play worship music, now I play bass, percussion, and high and low whistles. There's All the right. whistle part. There you go. And the experience of community and community worship has enriched my own understanding of God. And that's a very meaningful comment Wait, to us. And he says, in ways I never imagined. Yeah. What, a, what an exciting thing. Thanks, Ian, for taking the time to write that. But then comes the Celtic part of this. Yeah, he says, I'm from Belfast originally. I knew I liked this guy. <laughs> I'm from Belfast originally and have a deep burden and affection for the people there. In fact, my home is less than 200 yards from a church that we all, all know there, uh, which he attended uh, when he was there. Uh, he says he even knows George Loudon, who is a wonderful uh, guitar maker there. I've heard you talk about him. George is a sweet man uh, who uh, actually built a guitar for me. Wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful believer. Mm-hmm. He said George sometimes attends uh, this church. But here's his question. He said, and so to my question, um, how did you come by the Celtic influences that so often show up in your music? And from whence did your love of Belfast come? Two questions. Good question. I'd yeah. like to hear the answer oh, to this question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, or uh, I'll... I'll answer them backwards. Um, Where did my love for Belfast come from? It came from going to Belfast. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There's a a song. I think it's this. Oh, it is this song. It says, uh, the air is full of angels there. Mm -hmm. And uh, for anyone who's ever been uh, to Ireland, that that was the closest I could come to expressing the feeling of this place. uh, it was that tangible to you? It, it really is. It, and it makes you understand why there's such spiritual conflict there. Um, because it is, there, there's just a holiness. And I believe that places, you know, can have, uh, you know, uh, that sort of a, a feeling attached to them. And for mm-hmm. me, uh, Ireland definitely did. The, from the first moment I got off the plane in Belfast, the feeling was, I'm home. This hmm. is home for hmm. me. And I'm not Irish. I'm not doing any kind of weird, you know, <laughs> genetic memory thing. But it was just a place where I really felt at home. How about Celtic music, music in general? Well, that's that's uh, that's been a big part of my life. But even before Ireland, it was really John Michael Talbot who, who introduced all of us really in Christian music to, to the influence of Celtic music. But then once I started going to Ireland, and we used to go a couple of times a year and do concerts and record there. I started picking up instruments and spending time in in uh, some of the pubs, hearing 
uh, the bands, and it's it's just infectious, and it's a wonderful color. I mean, if you're an, if you're a songwriter, you have a palette, just like an artist has a palette. I see. And and uh, that Irish influence is 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 another color that you can use. Well, the song that Ian has requested or equested is called "The Greening of Belfast," mm-hmm. and not only are you going to play the harp and the Irish are, harp. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Shanoa Sykes is here with the violin as well. Yeah, so. The Irish fiddle. Oh. Excuse me. (laughs) We get to enjoy this together now. Here's Michael Card. time for that song today. Thank you, Michael. We are in the studio. And for the past several weeks, we have had as a conversation partner, Jim Van Eypren here. And we've gotten to know Jim and his heart for 
Reconciling Broken Communities and Repairing Broken Communities. Jim, welcome back. Thanks. Great to be with you again. We kind of come to the the culmination of this conversation here today, Michael. We've covered so much territory um, in just four pro or just three programs, and this will be our final one. Um, but there was something that you mentioned on the last program, Jim, that I've been wondering about ever since, and that is this idea of a, a solemn assembly. Um, I still don't quite understand the purpose and and how that works. Let's talk about the context of where this occurs. Right. Well, um, in conflicted churches where we find most of our time uh, serving them, one of the ways we have invited people into practicing what we proclaim in reconciliation is to call all of God's people together in a sacred or solemn assembly to uh, give testimony to God's grace and goodness in your life by way of confession, sometimes confessing uh, personal failure, oftentimes confessing as a church that we have failed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength. And that corporate act of confession does at least three things. First, it's Christ-glorifying because he's Lord, and we recognize when we make a confession, Jesus is Lord. Uh, second, second of all, it's community building. We're doing this together, and we're as one voice uh, surrendering ourselves, submitting ourselves, uh, locating ourselves under the lordship of Jesus Christ. But thirdly, and, and really what we want to talk about today, is it's character forming. There's mm-hmm. something about uh, a man and a woman personally and collectively saying, I was wrong, please forgive me, that actually has a, a process of shaping us in our character and shaping us as a community itself. And it's that character forming part that I think is so is so critical. Do you find that it's hard to have people convinced they need to give up and, and for the good of the body and the community? Yeah, you know, we're so driven by our individualist uh, thinking where we, we, we think of privacy. We think, uh, we, we often hear when we suggest, let's do a solemn assembly. Oh, you can't do that. That will, that will just bring up all the bad news or, or, <laughs> or go back to where we were. And, and actually, it's, 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 uh, it releases a, a church or a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people are initially reluctant, but we see God do amazing things as, mm-hmm. As people do submit and and confess their sins one to another, what does the flow of that service look like? Do you open it with a, a worship time, or is it? I mean, what does it look like? Well, it's a very solemn service, uh, so any songs or any uh, uh, music would be uh, solemn. Right. We're coming as sinners before our King, mm-hmm. recognizing that we have failed Him, and so there is a time of worship. There there are prayers that are. Uh, read. Sometimes there's a, a ritual that uh, of um, like a Psalm 51 sort of thing. Yes, yeah. yes, and and back and forth with the leader and and the congregants responding. And usually there will have been identified five or six corporate sins of the church, mm-hmm. and it's these we now say back to God: We have failed you, Lord. We have not done so and so. And so in that confession, we unite our hearts in agreement before the Lord for the need for reconciliation. Now, is that outlined in the book, a service like that? I, um, you know, I don't know if I talk about it in the book. Um, there are some materials that we have been creating, though, for leadership and for uh, uh, developing character in leaders where we do mention a solemn assembly. Mm-hmm. And once again, we have placed uh, your uh, ministry on our website as a link. So listeners can simply go to michaelcard.com, click on links, and you'll see Metanoia Ministries there. Right. The, the, the important part here, though, is to understand that, that to be a Christian, to call oneself a follower of Jesus is to locate yourself in Christ, 
to to be physically and spiritually and emotionally located in Christ. You know, the word Christian only appears three times in Scripture, mm-hmm. but that short phrase "in Christ" or "with Christ" appears hundreds of times. It's and we like to talk about it as a spiritual location, mm-hmm. and we locate ourselves in the salvation story that started. In, in, from the Garden of Eden and goes right through Revelation where God's redemptive purpose that we live into. And this is the kind of story that, that, we, we, that precedes us and follows after us. We inherit our story. We don't make up our story. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a lot of people who say, well, you got to get in, you get in touch with your inner self and you got to look inward. And while that might be helpful in some extent, the Christian story is one that we've been called into mm. and that, we, that we're enfolded. We, we, we become part of a, fa- a family. And that that was before and then and then after. Earlier we talked it, or you had talked it uh, about um, uh, Hebrews eleven and that family of faith, mm-hmm. and and you know the, our God that we celebrate here, we're talking about right now, is the God of Abraham and Isaac and and Jacob and David and and all these men and women of faith that are celebrated in Hebrews eleven and other places. Mm-hmm. We live into that story, and that story is now. I'm part of that story. That's my story. Yes. Yeah. And and I love the verse, although it's not quite an accurate uh, uh, translation of it, but God is being the author and the finisher of our faith as a writer. I love the word author. It really means the one who, who initiates it. But it also means to me, you know, he's writing my card mm-hmm. into the story of salvation. He's writing Jim Van Eyper and Wayne Shepherd, mm-hmm. and, and, and our names appear in the book of life. Mm-hmm. And God is writing that out. And so we're formed not by trying to... I, identify who we are in our person, but by identifying in this great story. I would say it this way. The story claims us, hmm. that we've been claimed by, by the gospel. We've been claimed by salvation. And that changes what's meaningful. It changes our purposes, our meanings, our, our way of understanding, our virtues, hmm. how we grow. And virtues are just simply skills and habits that, that are learned by participating in a family, by participating in the community. So, as we participate, like an apprentice under a mentor mm-hmm. or or apprentice under some master, we we grow and we grow up together by practicing community. That's how mm-hmm. we get to that authentic community we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Working in, working out. You know, the, the Christian life is talked about as as both a work to work out our salvation. We don't earn our salvation, but we work out what God has put in. And it's also a walk, mm-hmm. a walk with the Holy Spirit. So we need practices and rituals and habits and, and helping us how to do that. So we can get through the chaos and even the brokenness, but if we don't practice it, we're going to slip back to where we once sure, were. Sure, we'll go right back. And that's that's the frustration, frankly, in our ministry where we have a limited period of time and it's usually at a crisis point and we take a church through a certain process of understanding. But it, it sometimes it, it's like stretching a rubber band, you know, It'll stretch with you, but as soon as the the that that uh, invitation to change or or the influence of change leaves, it has the the potential of going back to where it was. It's like we were talking about earlier, going mm-hmm. from chaos and brokenness back to fake community until mm-hmm. instead of authentic community. So the antidote is to be as a body um, that has established practices and rituals and and ways of thinking and behaving that invite people together to learn how to grow you know um uh, Mike, for you, I don't know, how, how long have you been playing instruments? Oh, since I was about five. Okay. Well, uh, presumably you're a lot better now than you were at five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I can't sing. I can't play any instruments. I, I, but I played sports a little bit in, in high school and college. And I know that you would never show up on a Saturday to play a game if you hadn't practiced the week before. Mm-hmm. And you would never think of going to a concert without having a practice or understanding 
of what you're going to do and, mm-hmm. and, and working and working it out and, and working with people who are better than you. So Even you the most up. skilled people still Absolutely. Practice. In fact, well, you know. Especially the most skilled people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's how you grow, isn't yeah. it? You're, you're with people who are better than you are. Yeah. Well, it's the same principle in the church, yet we've completely lost it. We show up on a Sunday morning thinking we're going to worship God, and we've had no no practice, no way of personally and corporately preparing ourselves for worship or for fellowship mm. or for growing the kind of community that can be able to address conflict and disagreement when it comes up. And it's, it's, I think it's exactly community that provides that basis during the week. Exactly. You know, I, I'm having meal shell, fellowship with Scott or Denny or some of the people I walk with. We're we're doing things together. We're spending time together. We pray together on Thursday, and that that all helps us prepare then for that overflow that happens on sure. Sunday. Sure. I mean, it's real hard to be mad at someone you're praying with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you ought to be praying with each other. <laughs> what are some some handles you can put on this? What can we begin to do, Jim? What are some ideas that you have? Well, there are a couple of things we we have uh, in our ministry have because of this issue uh, developed a lot of uh, what we would call ritual or practices that churches can employ or put into effect in their church. Not for methods. I want to be real clear sure. here. I mean, this isn't about methods. Yeah, this is about providing a space mm-hmm. where people can participate in what it means to be community. Mm. For instance, a very, real simple one would be just a, a personal examination for, for everyone, man, woman, before you go to bed at night, to pray a simple prayer, Lord, is there any sin in my life that is blocking my relationship with you, my spouse, or someone else? You pray that prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to to speak to you, reveal what's broken, reveal separation, reveal sin that you might not even be aware of. Similarly, each uh, Saturday night or whatever day you worship on the night before, uh, prepare your heart to come to worship. Lord, is there anyone with whom I'm, I'm, I'm not in fellowship? Would you reveal that so that I might be in fellowship with one another? With, and then I can bring my gift, as Matthew 5 says, w- mm-hmm. without any kind of hindrance. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that requires a, a certain kind of discipline, see, mm-hmm. and it's not a, a difficult thing, but if everyone were doing that, and we were keeping small accounts and not letting the sun go down on our anger. This is what Scripture tells us to do. We yeah. ought to be a body. Uh, that would be one personal example. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, you had some other services that you, you talked to us before about that, that, that were very imaginative in terms of building that community uh, with 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 uh, married people, what yeah. Some of those. Well, there's two. One one with the married uh, yeah. couples. We've we've done this in churches, and we've worked with others. And uh, I guess the best way to 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 think about it is to imagine it for yourself or the listener to imagine it if they're married with their spouse. That the next time they have an anniversary, their anniversary is coming up. Instead of uh, taking your wife or spouse to dinner, imagine this: that you invite into your home ten, eight or ten different couples and some single people too, who are part of your community, part of your fellowship, who know you or interact with you, and you invite them to a kind of celebration dinner mm-hmm. at your home. Mm-hmm. And and the first time, uh, the first uh, session would be for the men perhaps to go in one room and the women to go in the other. And if I were the, 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 the man of this uh, married couple, I'd invite these men to speak into my life. What do you see in me that you can affirm? What do you see in me where I'm learning? What do you see that God needs to work on me as a, as a, as a father or as a as a marriage partner. And the women would be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we'd do that for 40 minutes or so, and we'd cry and we'd laugh and we'd, we'd invite people to speak to us, to, to show us the things we can't see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then after that time, we'd come back and my wife and I, or whoever the couple would be, would sit in the middle and we'd start telling stories to one another in the hearing of others. Mm-hmm. This is what I heard. And, and I'm so sorry because I realized that I've not been sensitive to you. And we interact with one another. And we share stories and we laugh about our foibles and then we confess our sins to one another and we 
invite others to speak and to clarify. And then perhaps you you go to a time where, uh, having done that another forty minutes or however long, you invite people to come up and lay their hands on you, and and to, and to bless your next year of marriage, mm-hmm. and 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 give God's blessing. Now imagine the power that would give to a marriage. Yeah, in a in a in a church where you've got one couple doing it here and another here and another here, you, you see the the body building that that so to speak that that really is. You know, we we deal with so much moral failure and 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 sin in the church, and it and it comes from the the body not caring for itself, not brothers keeping their brothers and sisters keeping their sisters. This is just a way or something like it to invite people to speak into your life, mm-hmm. invite people to be part of a, of, a, of a building process that helps everyone, not only the married couple, but everyone else there. And this presupposes that, though, that you've been walking together and that when you ask me that question, I actually have something to say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it means leading a, a vulnerable life. Yeah. And, and however that comes through small groups or accountability groups, whatever your church can do to invite people into conversation. That's that's what it's all about. Mm. Jim, I remember a number of years ago, you sent me something, and I, I looked at this really carefully. I still have it, as a matter of fact. It had to do with your uh, son, who's now grown and married, but when he turned what? What age? Well, he was uh, 12 at the time, and he was he was turning 13. Um, that was 10 years ago now. Wow, was it that long yeah. ago? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, was... But you sent this, and it really captured my heart, because what you were doing is you were, again, in the context of community, you were affirming him as a young man coming into that community. Yeah, and it, it's actually a lot deeper than that for me personally because it, it, it came out of a response in my own life, some dysfunction in my own life, some sin, some failure as a, as a husband and, and as a father. And that period of brokenness uh, uh, caused me to see in myself that that I needed to change the way I think. I needed to be more verbal in my love for my son to bless him and my daughter also. So he was about 12 and Sharon and I, my wife Sharon and I have always talked a lot and been interested in the Jewish culture. And of course, in the Jewish culture, they have bar mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. Bar mitzvah literally means son of commandments. So we looked for something out in the evangelical world where that would give blessing or, or a rite of, really a Christian rite of passage. We didn't find it. We did didn't you? find any. Mm-mm. None that, that involved the father and mother in the process. So uh, we created our own. And, you know, I'm a writer, so so we developed a service. We called it Sons of Grace mm. instead of Sons of Commandments. Mm. And, and it was a two-hour service, and we invited uh, 16 men. Uh, in fact, uh, I remember it because not any—I was the only person in the room that knew everyone else in the room. Hmm. And I started off by saying, I know you don't know each other, but here's what you need to know, that every man here knows and loves Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we're here today to bless Nate into adult hmm. life. We had it on his birthday. And uh, we, had, we held, we, we held mm. a service, and it was wonderful. We had a lot of things going on through it, but uh, at the end, I washed his feet. Mm. And then uh, uh, we, we, we said at the end, I said, Nate, now I not only accept you as, um, as, as, my, um, as my son and as, and, as a, and as a growing young man, but you're my brother in Christ. Wow. It was a powerful time for him and for us. I wish we had more time to talk about that. Wow. But there's information, again, if you go to the website, michaelcard.com, click on links, and it'll take you to Jim's Ministry Metanoia. And there's more information there about these things, as well as strategic leadership formation, character formation. Uh, we've learned so much in these last yeah. few weeks here together. And God has blessed you with an amazing ministry, an amazing gift. Uh, and we, we appreciate it. We don't take it for granted, Jim. Thanks well, it's for... great to be here and share it with you. Yeah. Glad we could do it in person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. 
And that wraps up our time in the studio with Michael Card. If you are a regular listener, you know our goal for this hour is to deepen your understanding of God's Word and help you live it out as a mature follower of Jesus. Well, please take a moment right now and let us know how God is making this a reality for you. Our email address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. And to stay connected with all that's going on with the broadcast and Michael's music and teaching ministry, come to our website. We're easily found at www.michaelcard.com. And when you stop by, you'll be able to find out about our online feature we call The Community. You'll also learn about our publications, The Community Magazine, and Michael's monthly e-journal from The Study. There's also information about the upcoming community retreat in January 2004. Now, you can listen to this complete program again at our audio archives, or you can find out how to order a CD copy or transcript of this or any in the studio session. Plenty of valuable resources just a few clicks away at michaelcard.com. Our producer is Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the Studio with Michael Card is a production of Community Broadcasting and the Moody Broadcasting Network.